0: Thank you.
1: So the Midwest Monsters podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, the
0: Venomous Vinay,
1: Jason the McRib McCullough, the McRib. Uh, I left a sauce trail in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. We got the McRib joining us for a few episodes. Uh, glad to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hope you're glad to be here.
2: It's always fun.
1: Uh, we're all, we're just uh, amazed that anyone would come be on the show after we covered the Sylvia Likens case. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it was dark. <laughs> So, all right, folks, well, we're bringing you another edition of the Monster Mash. You know how we do. We uh, pick movies and make each other watch them, and then we talk about them. Stuff that may not pop up anywhere else on uh, genres, around tables, or uh, any other sort of topic. And so, uh, my name is Grizzly Abner,
0: and I chose The Hitcher. Professor here. I chose Summer of 84. And I'm Miss Vinny here. I picked the horror adjacent movie matinee.
2: McRib here. I picked the 2022 film Speak No Evil.
0: Okay, that is not the movie with Kane the wrestler in it. I doubt. Correct. Yeah. <laughs>
1: now, see, I What thought... was the
0: title of that? See No Evil. See No Evil. See,
1: I was really led to believe I thought this was a weird direction to round out that trilogy of the Kane movies, <laughs> right. the Speak No Evil. And I didn't even see Kane in it. <laughs> right at all. <laughs> I am proud, like we need to wrap this up. I'm proud to say that I didn't even think of the King movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really just upset that I was saving my joke, but Vinny stepped on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> I had to launch my joke, mirror, pre- mirror. Launch my joke <laughs> prematurely. I, I, can we ban that,
0: by the way? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking air warrant? No. We never, sure can't. Never.
2: <laughs> what, what you were saying is you've not been to enough used DVD stores. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a lot of copies of that movie hanging out there.
1: Okay. So, uh, we're, we're going to go with my film first, which is The Hitcher, which most of you probably don't know is a prequel to the Will Smith movie Hitch. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep my what? <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the original Hitcher, not the remake. This is The Hitcher, 1986, starring Rutger Hauer, C. Thomas Howell, Jennifer Jason Leigh, and Jeffrey Dimon. Do you have anybody else exciting you wanted to pull out? Those are the exact four names I had written down. Okay, goody, goody, I goody. guess
0: y'all just ain't going to mention Armin Sherman, Quark from Deep Space Nine. Oh, missed it. Yeah, yeah. he's a detective. A I purposely avoided <laughs> it. <laughs> acknowledge, acknowledge I apologize. Commands. All right.
1: All right. Tight, tight, tight. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, we got the giggles. <laughs> Silly billies. I... This is only my second time viewing it um, I saw this for the first time um, My wife could not believe I hadn't seen it And she ordered it on Blu-ray, or no DVD Off of eBay a year or two ago It sat on the shelf for maybe a year And I watched it for the first time last year And I think I specifically texted you guys Saying that this movie kicks so much ass How have I not seen it Until I was 40 years of age
3: Well and you grew up in the country So you wouldn't have been watching the same channels This was on all of the time growing Classist. up. classes. Yeah. yeah so, no. <laughs> uh, not not a slamming indictment there or a jab. It's just, it was on a lot um, growing up. To, I remember seeing this on TV. Okay.
1: Robert just had a radio at his house.
0: They listened to the Opry on Saturdays,
1: <laughs> and we'd listen to the Farm League baseball teams.
3: <laughs> Sorry for speaking the truth.
1: If I was lucky, I got to see Lawrence Welk on my grandma's television. <laughs> 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 oh, what, what's you guys' the history? You kept with trying the film? to pop the bubble. I'm sorry, we're done here. <laughs> let it go. Uh, what's your history with the film?
0: Uh, I had never seen it before. Really? Yeah, I'd never seen it. Uh, and as soon as I saw Rutger Hauer, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm in." Yeah, being, being a kid of the '80s, you see Rutger Hauer. I watched this.
2: Uh, I don't know four or five times. I, it was. It wasn't a staple by any means, but it's always been on the shelf. Still have the VHS from when I was a kid. So now you're movie.
1: you're interesting in some conversations that I've had with you, but you collect on multiple platforms, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because I remember when I offered some movies to you, you were like, "Oh, I've got it on." VHS and DVD, but I don't have the Blu-ray. And I was like, "Wait, why, why do you have?" A... Everybody's got
2: their niche. I love the V. I love old VHS. So that's the that's the first place I go for it. And then if it's a good enough movie or something that I enjoy, then I'll I'll collect it on all those platforms. You know, I'm not like spending top dollar on it. I'll get the, get them cheap.
1: You know, I and think there... we can relate on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the, there is something to be said though. Like there are sometimes I'll pop in a Blu-ray. And I love the way the movie looks on Blu-ray, but I miss some of the special features that were on the DVD, like House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, up, yeah, hundred percent. I mean that 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 DVD is so much fun that by the time you get the Blu-ray, it's like, oh, your choice is to watch the movie or pick
0: chapters. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't get any tiny fuck to stump. No, none of that. <laughs> gotcha. I I, re- I remember that menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit the man. <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so uh, let's let's get let's get back to it. here. The Hitcher. Um, You know, so it's a pretty basic setup, right? Uh, C. Thomas Howell is driving cross-country for like a driving service, delivering a car to where he wants to go. Um, Late rainy night, falling asleep at the wheel, sees a hitchhiker. What the hell? Why not pick him up? Maybe it'll help keep me awake. He's already he just weird vibes immediately. Like there's no... I'm just teasing with you, or oh, this guy's just a, a, a trickster. You know, no, no, no. It it gets dark fast at the beginning, and it just it never lets up. It never lets up, and I think that's one thing that really drew me to the film is that. There's really no wasted shot or wasted time in this movie. No, it, it, we're very not... quickly
2: to a knife to the balls. Uh, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, they do not fuck around. They get right to it. The party starts and never stops <laughs> yeah. until well, the I, end.
3: I want to point out early on, too, that what's interesting, I think, about the storytelling with this and the way they approach it is that they ratchet this up the entire movie, yeah. but it never goes like completely ridiculous cartoonish like a lot of movies did of that era. Uh-huh. I mean, you could argue that some of it does, but... For the most part, it, it you don't sit there thinking, like, this has gone insane. Yeah. I mean, there's parts where it's getting wilder and wilder, but they, they really kind of seamlessly keep just upping it. Yeah. It's pretty good how they do it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we got knifed to...
2: They're, they're balls. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, and Testicles. He knows, because at one point he pulls over and he says, get out. You know, and he's not going to get out. But he notices the door is ajar, and so he figures out a way that he's going to. Oh, they drive past this VW bug. He pushes on his leg to make him drive past it. He says, "Oh, you know, I uh, uh, I chop them into pieces, and uh, or I kill them, dismembered them, and that's what I'm going to do. The same to you." And it's like, oh, the party has started. Five hmm. minutes in, uh, he notices the door is ajar. He pops it open, pushes Rutger Hauer out, and Rutger Hauer continues to haunt him for the next 90 minutes. I mean that's the setup. I mean we could go beat for beat. I don't know that it's necessary. I, I would like to. Okay, I want you to hit every single. I'm just kidding. Hey, look at this. You know, you know how you know how little my notes are. That's even that's advanced. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That we don't need to. <laughs> but, um, so that's the setup, and like so, everywhere he stops, Rugger Howard's there, and it's it's almost supernatural in some way. You know what I mean? It's not. But it's just crazy. It's like, really? How does this guy keep showing up where he's at? Right. Yeah, it's like, it's really
3: pulling from things that had been successful over the last, like, 15 years. There's a lot of duel to this, um, you know, with one guy chasing the other uh, out in this kind of just empty space uh, in the desert setting. Uh, But you also really kind of tap into a lot of the kind of how action movies had went on steroids by the mid '80s. Um, they weren't full blown until Die Hard really kind of encouraged the cash in on that with all the ripoffs. But it, it's really leaning into so many things that had grabbed audiences into kind of its own unique blend of it because it's still got uh, plenty of horror elements to it. Um, so it's not just a cat and mouse. It's not just an action movie. It's an interesting blend of it. Yeah, it it's genuinely scary.
1: I think, yeah,
2: and it ebbs and flows a little bit. Like uh, when he finally gets rid of him, he's like the happiest he's ever been. He's got a yeah, newly sun life, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then bam hits us. He, he pulls up behind that that station wagon with the that's pulling that boat, and all of a sudden he sees Rutger Hauer again, and then it's we're right back to where we started.
1: And he's in the back seat with kids, and it's like, <laughs> oh no! I
0: was surprised after that initial back and forth how little dialogue there was within the first 30 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you, you would never in a movie now get that much time where there's not spoken dialogue. Yeah. but I, was I think that adds buddy. to
1: the creepiness of it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You also, not many horror movies you're going to get this many explosions in.
0: Yeah. True. That's very <laughs> <Yeah>. true. True.
1: <laughs> so, obviously that family with the station wagon gets whacked. Then there's the abandoned gas station. Rutger Hauer hops in a truck, pops out of there, hits the gas pumps, throws a match, sets that on fire, right? So we got an explosion there. Then this dude gets away again. He finds this diner, and there's a very nice girl working there who agrees to let him in and makes him a cheeseburger because it's the only thing she knows how to make, even though it's the morning. (laughs) Jennifer Jason Leigh. And then he's eating french fries, and he finds a finger in the french fries it's like a band-aid on your steak mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly like that
0: <laughs> and didn't jennifer jason lee also play brody in Mallrats? yes <laughs> oh man
1: that's a deep layered <laughs> throwback oh shit um so <laughs> the uh
3: this is where you hear the windows power down sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
1: the cops come because he calls the cops. He wants them to... He's, he's in He's in desperate need, right? And, Which one
2: of the few times in a horror movie the phone actually works the first time you go oh, to right. it. Right,
1: <laughs> right, calls the cops. They show up. They're treating him as the hostile. They search him, and lo and behold, Rutger Hauer had placed the switchblade on him that he used to kill... That family in the station wagon. Uh, So he's arrested. um, He falls asleep in his cell, wakes up to the cell door open, and the cops are massacred (laughs) all over the police station. And, I mean, it's just, you're right, they keep ratcheting it up, and you're like, what the hell? It's very Terminator. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And, like, yeah, and so... Vinny, as a first-time view, were you surprised at how they kept escalating?
0: Yes, and I was, it surprised me a lot along the way, just because it was darker than I thought it was going to be yeah. earlier. Like, you're putting kids in jeopardy very early, and not only are they in jeopardy, they end up dead. They did, <laughs> and that's early in the movie. Like yeah. they're not teasing you with that; that's just straight out there. So it really sets the tone of this uh, this adversary being very evil. And and so yeah, it definitely adds a certain um, seriousness to it. Sure, early early on.
2: Sure, I like how no one's mentioned that our main character is wearing a, a coat in the middle of the desert.
1: It gets cold there at night, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure, but not during the middle of the day when it's the sun's hot. beating
1: down. <laughs> so, alright, he comes out, the massacre, he escapes into the desert, he finds some more cops, he kidnaps those cops with the gun. that he You uh, got that from the station, I think. That gun? Did he get it there? Yeah, but, he picked yeah, it I mean, up. Yeah, uh, and he, he says, hey, just... Get me on the horn with your superior. I'm going to surrender. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's got this gun to him. He's like, but I'm not surrendering until I'm safe. And, like, we assure your safety. You're fine. Please come surrender. And then Rutger Hauer shows up, and he shoots the cops that are driving that car. And <laughs> it's like.
2: And no matter how many times I've watched it, that part always seems to get me. Yeah. Where, I like, I know it's coming, but as soon as that shot, that the squib goes off on that guy's chest, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, crap.
1: Then we get to a point where he's contemplating suicide and who can blame him at this point? Like, if I can't get away from this guy, you know? like. And then he, he stops in a diner. Uh, and Rutger Hauer finds him there and he goes to shoot him and guess what? Him got no bullets. And <laughs> <laughs> no bullets. And Rutger Hauer knew it. Yeah. Because he, like, you got to think of the chess game he's playing. He had... Emptied, murdered all
2: the cops. Murdered
1: all the cops. Took their ammo. Knowing that this kid would take the gun. <laughs> He's playing 4D chess here. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, gets on the bus. The girl from the diner's there because she's trying to leave town. She wants to go make something out of her life. Uh, the cops stop the bus. And this is one of my favorite scenes is when they're holding him at gunpoint.
0: <laughs>
1: He's like, you spit on my wrist. Wipe it off. He's trying to get him... To look like he's reaching for the gun so he can shoot him in front of these witnesses, since you saw he was grabbing for my gun. I mean, it, this poor kid, he's like, uh, No, I'm not going to do that. They so said, This is for Soul Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I said we weren't going to go beat for beat, but here I am going <laughs> beat for beat. Anything else anybody want to say at this point? Uh, just that
3: I, I, I think it's such an effective scene when he is fleeing the jail. As the police arrive with all of the slaughtered officers in there, like you, I literally was watching it going, "Oh my god, you're gonna get smoked!" Like you're running out of here with a gun, and there, there's just blood is painted the walls in here. The way they do that, and the way he gets out into uh, the the desert setting there behind the jail, it's just a quick bam, 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 bam. None of it feels hard to believe. They they keep things grounded, but that's such a good sequence there yeah. where you kind of. See the horror in the jail and what's transpired there, but then the that kind of classic Hitchcock wrong man entrapped in the moment, yeah. element there. It's it's such a good sequence.
2: It's a lot like Hannibal Lecter, he's always a step ahead, and this Rucker Hauer is always a step ahead, yeah. But you, they don't you, 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 I mean, you know when you see it in the moment, but you're watching a scene that he's already set up, but you have no clue, yeah, you and they, it's perfect,
1: no behind the scenes, yeah, yeah, so. You know, he's connected with this gal. They, um, oh, now the helicopter is sh- uh, chasing after them. And um, Rutger Hauer, shoot- the hitcher, shoots down the helicopter.
3: That's the one moment where it's like, it's still
1: semi-believable, but I'm like, are we starting to jump the shark here? Yeah, they don't quite. But and then when the the, the helicopter comes down, the cop cars smash into each other and they flip and explode. <laughs> it's such a badass sequence. It though, is the way
2: that it ends it. Yeah. I love anytime something big like that happens. Rugger Howard just drives off into the, into yeah. the desert.
1: He's just like smoking a cigarette, like I'm cool.
2: Which I wanted to bring that up. Like he's one of the top five cigarette smokers in any any film. Just the way it just barely hangs there. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a long so time good.
3: since I had a cigarette. Now he made me want one.
1: <laughs> Watching that, I was like, hmm. <laughs> damn. And now you know, we've got the gal from the diner. We've got our kid, and they're like, what? They're, they're like, why didn't he kill us? You know, like what, what is that? Like this intense game of cat and mouse, and who wouldn't be asking that question at that point? You know what I mean? Like. Who, who just thinks they're going to encounter somebody that twisted that they're just going to toy with you for this long, you know um, they're in the hotel, and then he kidnaps the girl from the diner ties her up between two semis and uh you know he's, he's saying, go ahead and shoot me go ahead and shoot me he's like, well, now if I shoot you then you tear her apart but if I don't shoot you you're
0: gonna tear her apart.
2: Mind
1: If anybody thinks of that,
0: <laughs> that's what happened. All right.
1: That's <laughs> um, the o- the only kindness I'll pay to the remake is that they do a really great gory. Yes, it's the one thing you remember about the remake. It's the only. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> yeah. good thing about the remake. They they, they, they don't show I, it. I would have really film. wished you didn't bring that up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you didn't. Uh, Do you get upset
3: about the pronunciation of Sean Bean?
1: No, and Why no. that doesn't make sense? I <laughs> yeah. uh, forgot the, the, cops,
2: the cops pull over that bus or whatever that they're on, mm. and uh, he tries hiding in the bathroom, and then they... Yeah. I mean, you're trying to piss, and someone puts a gun to your head. Not fun.
1: No.
0: Been there. Oh, I've been, been there, there twice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, they finally catch Rutger Hauer. They arrest him. Uh kid spits in his face, they put him on a bus Um, but somehow the hitcher manages to get that old 12 gauge shotgun that's a Frenchie Spaz by the way Uh, very expensive uh, shotgun and uh, he kills everybody on the bus Um, the kid takes the cop car and chases him, a fight ensues and the kid shoots the hitcher end scene no explanation to why any of this was ever done and I love that for it. Yep, same here, same here. That it, you know, you know me. I'm pretty simple in the head. I like an explanation a lot of the times. Uh, this is a time where I was like,
0: just let it be. Yeah, let it be what it was. And watching this, sometimes you forget what a good villain Rutger Hauer was in the '80s. Oh yeah, indeed. Like he was so good. And what also upsets me anytime I watch one is. I wish they would have made an X Men movie in the 80s and he could have played Magneto. He would have been fucking phenomenal.
2: I didn't never thought down those lines, but now that yeah. you say it.
1: Was he ever in Star Trek? Uh, not that I can recall. Okay. Me hit can we mash
2: the Hitcher with Hobo with a Shotgun? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> can we have the Hobo with a Shotgun
2: fight the Hitcher? That would be, I mean, Rugger Hauer versus Rugger Hauer. Yeah. I don't know who wins that fight. Rugger Hauer. <laughs> any final thoughts for The Hitcher
3: it's just it's an interesting blend of genres where they never lean in too far on any particular one like they never go overboard with any elements of it it's just a movie that is set out to entertain you Um, 9 out of 10 movies especially from this era would have had a backstory about how he did this this and this before being out and fleeing in the desert And, and there would have been a whole thing orchestrated around that there's none of that and if you've ever driven in the desert in in any small stretch, you quickly realize how dangerous and isolated it is. And I know I brought this up on the show before, but that's an element of this that they don't harp on, but it's there. You get out on a stretch of road like this, um, and even in the modern era, you even with a remake, the cell phones aren't going to change much because they're really not going to reach much on a lot of that. So uh, I, I like that. They do this kind of masterful dance around taking it up a notch as each act goes. But then at the end, they give you the most simple ending. Yeah. They don't try and give you some crazy-ass, over-the-top situation. It's just a simple punctuation. Come to find
1: out, he wasn't held
3: enough as a child.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> your, st- your standard problem, I guess. Yes.
3: So, yeah, I like it, and you can see why this was so popular on Cable because this is the kind of movie you flip by the channel and go, wait, uh, I'm gonna oh, oh, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep going with it because yeah. they just keep kind of bleeding it out. So, good choice. I,
2: I took it as, even when I was younger, I thought he's the serial killer and he's, the only reason he's obsessed with him is because he was able to kick him out of the car
1: and, pissed him, and, off.
2: and pissed him off. And it's, as you go further on, it's almost like Rutger Hauer wants him to win, but he's going to toy with him a little bit. And it, I, it's kind of like that serial killer that's done it so long that he finally just wants... To, he wants someone to catch him, wants to die, or wants to be caught. That's the way I always took it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because, yeah, he could have got away at any time. Yeah, there's
2: literally. one time he gives him the keys to the car and walks out of the... that What is it? A, like a barn or whatever, there the gas station, whatever yeah. it is. He yeah. literally gives him the keys and then just disappears. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: And... The, they didn't show his vast network of underground tunnels with a bullet train, so he could get to these different <laughs> spots at different times. So, yeah, the Hitcher—I gotta recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Very good. Okay, we are moving on to oh, quite the film here that uh, was chosen by the McRib. Uh, uh, Vinny already sunk my Kane See no evil joke. Uh, so we're just gonna roll. Uh, let the let the McRib here s- set the scene.
2: All right. I'm Mick Rib, I picked Speak No Evil. It is from 2022. It is a Danish film um, from director Christian uh, Taftrup. It's probably not how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, basic... Somewhere on the other side of the world, somebody's going. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jurgen sneered. <Juergens>. Damn Americans. <laughs> uh, basic setup on. Of... Hold on, Vinny's going to have an aneurysm.
0: No, the Swedish chef down here is what got me.
3: <laughs> oh, let's have a laugh. Before we get into this, this. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah, folks. We need a good laugh. Yeah, uh, are we taking our clothes off for this? We decided, yeah, we decided not to open with this one since the the, the last episode. Many of you would have heard. I don't know when this one's going to air. Would have been our Sylvia Likens episode. We just needed a breath of fresh air with the hitcher and explosions before we talk about this one. All right.
2: <laughs> Uh, your basic setup: you, you have uh, this couple, uh, Bjorn and Louise, and they're on vacation in Italy, and they meet another couple. <laughs> I can already feel the horrible, horrible things that Vinny's going to say. Basic setup. Me.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they meet a couple named Patrick and Karen, and they hit it off. And uh, at the end of the vacation, they get Patrick or uh, Bjorn and Louise get a invitation in the mail to go visit this couple at their own home.
1: Help me remember, uh, Bjorn and his wife, they live in Denmark.
2: Yeah, and the other yes. or, and the other ones are in Holland, if I remember correctly. Yes,
3: yeah. yeah. Holland or Netherlands. And or... with both of these movies, this is where I'd be safe. I would never pick somebody up. And I would never take the invitation.
1: I'd be like, yeah, they were nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not going. <laughs> and overly
0: friendly. Yeah.
1: Overly friendly.
0: Would you? Oh, hell no. Yeah. No, I'm... No, I'll, I'll I'll comment more as we get more into the things that happen. It's like, hey, I've known you 10 minutes. Let's be
3: best <laughs> It's almost right. like
2: they're angling for some for the, the, the couples just to get it on. Yeah, yeah they're, no, like they, they swing around. They only get that swinger swing
1: My wife and I noticed you across the bar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Please don't wink at me
1: again. <laughs> hey, Vinny, tap his foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, are, my, are my nipples bumping the mic? <laughs> Yeah, boy. So this was my fourth time watching it. <laughs> I uh, actually texted the McRib and said, uh, "Thank you. My wife is divorcing me now over this <laughs> film because we watched it." So uh, yeah, it's. In, I don't. It's just weird. You meet some. I don't know. I I've I've met people and. and maybe established a relationship on social media and then met up with them when I was in that city. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. we met you here, we met you at this con, I'm here for a work thing, let's grab dinner. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. But to be like, oh, I'll go to take my family, drive to a different country, which is different in Europe. I mean Denmark to Holland, I mean that's like going to Kentucky. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I, haven't been I was gonna say I
3: haven't been at a, a communal Italian villa get together.
2: Yeah, that was kind of odd, but that's definitely a very European, yeah. where they all just were like, yeah, we're on vacation, let's all hang out and have dinner.
1: Yeah.
3: Not and an American here, staple by any means. it's like, try this
2: moonshine, we're going to have sex with uh, turkey. Yes. Re- I'll, I'll just eat McDonald's in my hotel
1: room like a rat. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. Beautiful cuisine, good company, yeah. no thanks. yeah <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should probably talk about the movie.
2: So, was your initial reaction? What was, was it? Your your
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to have to come out with different plot points here. Fair enough. Uh, first
3: time viewing for me. I'll, I'll be honest. When it first started, I thought, oh, Shutter's like trying to mimic some stuff, but as as it went on. Um, some things improved for me um, but I so much is hinged on the ending and how we get there that I don't want
2: to speak too much earlier sure, so.
0: first time viewing um, I feel comfortable saying it's the first Danish movie I've ever seen so I have said before on the show I do enjoy being exposed to different cultures and, and their view on what horror is and that kind of thing so that's one thing about being on the show that I've always enjoyed it's nothing I would I would seek out um again a lot of it hinges on the ending and so I don't want to speak too much on it early so I'll just kind of go beat with the beats as we go okay and you Hey, this uh, this
2: is uh I think my third time viewing uh, I had a friend recommend it to me and I watched it and uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it hit me.
1: I hope you're not friends anymore. Hmm? No, we're still friends. <laughs> we're still friends.
0: Did you even times? allow the credits to run before you watched it the second time?
3: <laughs> this is really no, while crazy. the credits
0: were running, my I took my pants off. <laughs> I was going to uh, say man. we're
3: close, and <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So anyway, I'm horny. Let's talk. <laughs> Bjorn <laughs> and Louise make the drive to to their home to their home to Patrick and Karen's home, and there's already you got weird vibes when they get there. Like, uh, Louise is a vegetarian, but yeah. Patrick just keeps ignoring it, and he keeps, even at the dinner in Italy, he keeps saying, well, you eat fish, you're not, you're not really a vegetarian, you're Episcopalian, or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was on purpose. <laughs> I wanted to say it.
1: <laughs> he just makes sure I'm paying attention.
2: Yep, that's right. <laughs> and so he just keeps pescetarian. Yeah, pescatarian. He keeps subtly <laughs> trying to give her like he makes a he he cooks a boar and feet and is like insistent that she tries the meat, even though he knows she's vegetarian. So as they stay in the house, it's more and more weird things keep happening. Uh, like we could say they the couple Bjorn and Louise have sex, and Patrick's watching them. The kid, <laughs> the kid yells out for him, but of course they're having sex. So he ends up, she ends up sleeping in the bed with Patrick and Lu, Louise, and he's naked. So the obviously she's upset, or Patrick and Karen, my my bad. So any thoughts up to this point?
0: Well, and this is after they've gotten back from a dinner that they, as the guests, get stiffed with the bill. They. Did that make you freak out? Oh, <laughs> you better believe I was flipping tables
1: in my own home over it's like that.
3: This motherfucker. Yeah, and it was
2: supposed to be like a fancy place, and it's just like a roadside bar.
1: It's like where you and I met. Yes,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> and they've where left. you buy
2: Wild Bill jerky.
0: And they have gotten they have what? gotten them to leave their child with a babysitter they've never met. Can we just uh,
3: take a second here and point out how? well done that scene is because they don't go too long with it or too overboard but it is so uncomfortable
2: I'm a single guy I don't even have kids and I panicked I was like what the fuck
3: you don't even know these people like, and you're leaving them with this no. it's a
2: series of bad decisions but none
3: of them are too crazy they're right. all very familiar no matter where you are in the world you've went through some versions of these where you keep finding yourself in these situations where somebody's like kind of not recognizing social norms
1: it's uncomfortable but it's not enough to make you freak out yeah until you add them up well and that's the thing it's 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 like watching people who are too Midwest nice you know what I mean like this is weird I don't really like it but hey this is what they do here in the Netherlands you know what I mean like uh, let's just go with it for now even as wild. an
2: american viewer, you're like well maybe that's what happens in europe yes exactly maybe that's, exactly. Maybe that's the
1: custom here yeah right and and i i say that knowing that two of the guys at the table don't roll that way <laughs> wilson and Vinny will very vocally say i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah uh whereas myself and part of that's because i'm i'm 6 280 pounds like if i get in a bad situation Unless my throat's cut, I'm getting out of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So,
2: like, I have that. That was his roundabout way of saying I would also smoke Rutger Hour with (laughs) a (laughs) shotgun.
1: I I have this, I have a privilege of size that can get me out of situations. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I could see in some of those spots where I'd have been like, yeah, I probably would have been a dipshit and just went with it.
0: So and they've got the radio up loud, and the, the guests keep asking, "Can you turn it down?" And they they basically ignore them. Uh, so this all culminates, and they're like, "Fuck this! We're getting out of here!" The, and middle of the yeah. night, bail until their daughter forgot her little stuffed fucking rabbit. My and, note,
2: and I'd like to go on record and say, "Fuck that rabbit!" my yeah.
0: my, my note is that damn rabbit. Yeah. So they go back <laughs> and. and I'll go ahead and say it now. (laughs) There's a moral to this story that I think is being told, and it's, um, don't be a beta male cuck. I honestly think that's what this movie is telling you, is this only happened because the husband's a bitch.
2: Listen to your wife every once in a while.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right. And and he he doesn't listen to his wife because he's insecure in his own masculinity and choices. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting in that 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 is a very big point of this, and it's fascinating on the cultural landscape as we talk about toxic masculinity. But we also now this film it makes your point without saying don't be a toxic male, but also don't be a bitch. Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. No. I I thought it was an interesting kind of I never thought the two where. It's saying you can be instinctual and progressive. Yeah. Like, you don't need to roll over completely to make people happy. Yeah. Uh, When something's telling you internally, we're not safe.
0: Yeah. And it starts straight from the beginning because they they spot a mark at the dinner. Because they can tell, because the guy says, okay, we'll go, but we're not sitting with so-and-so and and -and so-and-so again. And there they are sitting with those people. So these people can smell... I have thought about They can that. smell a mark. Point. From the beginning, he's already showing that he's weak. I'm glad you're on the podcast. That and then... And then, when they... That fucking rabbit's lost in Italy, and the husband goes to find it and runs into... What's the guy's name? Patrick. Patrick. It's always Patrick. Calls awesome. him. Patrick gasses him up and like, Boy, you're a hero. You're a hero. And because this guy is such a fucking pussy, another man validating him and telling him what a man he is... He automatically lets all of his defenses down yeah. for this guy. And, oh, I like this guy. It's like, thanks, Because he I makes blow you feel you in the like a man. Yeah. <laughs> because he's making him feel like a man. Yeah. That's a good point. And so each passing thing, because it's a test the entire time. Uh, the wife's in the shower. And Patrick just walks in and takes a piss while she's in the shower. The
2: pressure is That's and...
0: something that most men would walk in and say, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. My wife was in the fucking shower, man. So it's all these... Little things when he stiffs him on the bill just to see most people say hey man fuck you you invited me man I got foot the whole fucking bill yeah but instead he withdraws into himself and just bows his head and hands over his credit card
2: and Patrick's real quick on the oh thank you thank you you know he's very very uh, oh, yeah. Is that,
0: oh did you want me to get this oh yeah. thank you oh, thank you thank you yeah yeah so then we get so to what a point do? now where they're ready they leave but they come back and then there's this whole thing and. Patrick and his wife basically make him feel guilty for leaving, yep. and they're very apologetic for what they did. And today was going to be a great day. Anybody with any fucking spine and what they've already been through would have said, "I accept the apology, but we're look, we're bouncing out." Yeah. But instead, he's a wiener, so they stay, and then he goes <laughs> out and has the, this field day, where it gets him talking about his insecurities and takes him out to the. The giant, uh, like, quarry. stone quarry, yeah. and just primal scream, just let out a primal scream. It's so out of the way, you know, it's so loud out here, they can't hear and He's, oh man, it's great. And then we, we move forward into the plot from there. But every step of the way, if this guy wasn't such a pussy, we wouldn't get to where we
1: get. That also reminds me of the only time I've been to Mexico, and we were getting pitched on this. uh timeshare presentation yep. and, you, and you would earn you would get all this free stuff if you went and and my late first wife what were I, they
2: offering garth brooks tickets
1: <laughs> on the beach what, Jason. what sold you <laughs> sammy hagar let's go <laughs> yeah. um but but we just keep validating oh that sounds nice okay yeah cool yeah we'll do that all right yeah nice 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 then we walk away and we both go do you think that was okay like i I thought it was okay because you thought it was okay. No, no, no. I thought it was. And, and, and my, I'm like, I'm laying. I, I didn't sleep a wink that night because I thought our organs were going to get stolen when we go to this timeshare pre You'll wake up in a
2: bathtub full of ice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's the
3: very basic instinct of like getting shoved into the fight in middle school. Yeah. Like, what do you do in the moment? You weren't expecting to be here. You yeah. Just catch people off guard. Yeah. You round roundhouse that guy in your Jankos. That's what you do.
1: He oh <laughs> <laughs> wrapped that chain wall
2: around <laughs> your fist. We didn't forget to mention that uh, they uh, that Patrick and uh, Karen have a son Abel. named Abel or Abel, whatever Abel. <laughs> country yeah, you're was, from.
1: Yeah, it was the weirdest. Yeah, they they had weird pronunciations for a lot of things. Go ahead.
2: And uh, he has a disease where he either doesn't have a tongue or his tongue's too small it's to be able to talk. Bunk, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he and he's a real like he won't move when they're at a, they're at a park and he's sitting at the bottom of the. Of the slide, and he won't move to let the little girl go down. And uh Patrick has to come over, and is a complete asshole. That's another thing that's they think is that Louise thinks is weird. Like he's and I think we've dick. been
0: there too, where we've been with somebody and then seen how they are to their kid, and be like, yeah. whoa what the fuck?" Yeah, let's yeah. not hang out with them. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh,
1: my notes are just keeps
0: getting worse, and only because they're letting it. Yeah. What, the minute they said, oh, no, this babysitter's fine, I'm gonna be like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm not leaving my kid yeah. with this guy that I've never met. No. Yeah. But instead, he's such a wiener. Well, it'll probably be okay.
1: Then we find out he's not a doctor.
2: Yeah, he lies about... She he yeah. gets a cut on her hand, and he's... I'm not a doctor.
0: Good thing we got a doctor here. Yeah. i uh, like, oh, he tells people that because he's insecure.
2: Which is another, another layer, so he can now... Now Bjorn can relate to him because he's also insecure, clearly. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, "Well, this guy's even lying about being a doctor." Even when they accepted insecure. the
0: invitation, they only accepted that invitation because their friend said, "Well, it would be rude not to," and so he doesn't want to be rude. Yeah, if that's the social norm, he 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 should do it because that's what's expected of him. This whole movie is his fault for being a wiener Yeah, it's like who knew European and Midwestern similar. <laughs> we got to at least stop high. <laughs> so, yeah, so things things are heating up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, we're at the point where uh, Pat, our, uh, Bjorn is looking around, and he finds this little shack that has all sorts of weird pictures in it uh, of, different, of them with different families, of Pat, yeah. Patrick and Karen with different yeah. families, and there's a different kid every time. And so that's really weird. And then he finds Abel... Drown in a pool
0: after a big
1: blow up, uh, huge yeah. blow up. I mean, this kid like wailing every night. Yeah, just really weird.
2: I, I want to hear your impersonation. That's just what he does. It makes him feel better. Whale sex.
1: <laughs> he's stimming right now. So,
0: <laughs> so now, now our uh, old boy finally grows a pair, and now it's his idea to leave. Mm-hmm. Get everybody out. Get everybody out of the house. Let's get the fuck out of here. We're leaving. We're leaving. No explanations. We're going. And they take off. And that that doesn't really work out either. It doesn't really work out. No, it just doesn't work out.
1: <laughs> Quick, let's get in there. The, the part appeal. about this is just watching your faces. <laughs> uh, leading up to this, it's also interesting that... Um, they start bossing their their daughter around. Yeah. Uh, and that's when the wife's had enough. Yeah. yeah. Patrick and his wife are now bossing the other couple's daughter around. Like, mind your manners. Do this or that. And the wife's like, uh, please don't correct my daughter. You know, please don't do this or that. And like, no, it's fine. And then when he finds the, the photos, you're like, oh, my God, they're grooming this little girl to be their next decoy daughter.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, please, please. <laughs> So after the car breaks down and they're you know they're forced to leave or whatever, they're trapped inside of Patrick's car, and here comes. Yeah, you know, a because of shows
0: because d- the dad goes away to get a phone, but right. Patrick another been horrible decision the whole time. Exactly, and got him ran off the road. So Patrick pulls up. And says to the wife and kid, hey, he got a hold of me. And Blast. so they go get in his car. So by the time he gets back to his wife and kid, they're in the back of his car with his wife. And Patrick's like, get in the fucking car.
2: What, what a crazy tr- car ride, anyways. Like, it's so.
1: He's like, I'm going to go off the road in my car and just drive out into this field. And he's like, I'm going to go get help. Oh, there's a big. Muck trench that I have to <laughs> wade through, and it's like, my God, this guy's nothing's going his way.
2: So then, the what was the babysitter's name? I'm trying I, I can't, can't remember. remember. He was a, was a different name. And he shows up, and they they hold down the daughter and cut off her tongue
0: with a pair of scissors.
2: With a pair of scissors,
0: pull her away from the parents. Shut the door. And take
1: them out to the quarry. These parents who give the weakest resistance to the situation ever. They've got no guns on them. No one's pointing guns at them. No one's got a knife to their throat. And Patrick Patrick gets out
0: to go piss. And there sits the other guy just looking at the keys in the ignition. He could have... Jumped in that driver's seat before anybody could have reacted yep. And took it, off He could have stolen the keys, thrown the keys yeah. away So are I mean, you the, guys
3: saying the parents uh, deserve it?
1: I'm just kidding
0: <laughs> I'm no, just We, we,
1: we were set up for some victim shaming here No, it's it's pretty <laughs> bad though But I mean, the director but, even made that point The writer, the director, mm-hmm. they made that point They showed you, in that moment Like all of these like all of these Three or four
0: different things How far away Patrick was That someone back could have to done to, Yeah and then, There's an out.
2: Yeah, you're right. There's an out at every turn. Then, Look right there.
0: And then yep. when it comes down to time, shit's going down. Patrick just punches old boy in the face, and he just crumples. Doesn't fight, but no one fights back.
2: It's it's rough. Louise has way bigger balls than. me. Oh, right. yeah. oh yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. I, I do think it's it's an interesting kind of idea that they're they're kind of putting the finger in the wound on, which is. I think from a distance, we never fully know how we would react in the moment to Easy to to honor quarterback. Sure, but at the same time, when you were responsible for raising a little human, I mean, I feel like that elevates a little bit. I feel like most parents, I'm not one of, I'm not a parent, but I feel like most parents would let their head be cut off before they watch their child be tortured in any capacity. And so that's... That's tough to watch, I, and it's just—I want to point out from my perspective as somebody without kids, it's—it's it's tough for me to watch. <laughs> I mean, like the way they approach that. Yeah, I I'm like, imagine
2: you have kids, and it's elevated, sure, yeah. way farther. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I bring this up all the time, but I can't—I still can't watch Pet Cemetery. Like even when my daughter was born, I couldn't watch Pet Cemetery yeah, because of thinking. the ga- yeah. the gauge part. And then now that I have a kid almost the exact same age, it's a boy, it's even yeah. worse. I, it's, I love Pet Cemetery and I can't watch it. I just can't.
1: Yeah. So but I've Jason, watched this three times. <laughs>
2: you've seen this three times. I told you. Were you not listening? Yeah, because when he said I three, I was like, like high high probability, I figured high second
3: probability. for the second for the show, third for
1: horniness. <laughs> I rescind your invitation. I I'm a little uncomfortable. Well, I'm a big the fan. The first of time that. I
2: watched it, you know, I was just kind of completely like, whoa, okay. I gave it a day or two, and I watched it again to see other little things. And as you pick up on those little things, where, like I said, there's an out every turn. He could have done so many things and just refuses to. And then the third time was for this. That's
0: why when they get him out to the quarry and make him strip down, and they said, why are you doing this? And he said, because you let me.
2: Yeah. And that's the best part, in my opinion. I mean, yes. or the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> depending well, because on because who you,
1: are. you let me. It's reminiscent of the strangers. You know, yeah. Because you were home. Because you were yeah. home. Yeah. Randomness. Um, I just want to point out,
3: I, and we may go a little further with the punctuation on it, but what I think is interesting about this movie the most is the cautionary aspect of it. That used to be such a big element in horror that's kind of escaped us, mm-hmm. and this is here. I feel like with this movie, when you watch this, this without beating you over the head of machismo and you need to, to be an alpha male about things, this just kind of points out like, hey, we're probably a little too comfortable with our cell phones while we travel and and being reliant on uh, resources that make things effortless for us. And I know it's kind of a little deeper than that, but at its core, I think it's it's a very interesting angle of this movie that kind of subliminally plants that seed when you're traveling to go, hey, wait a minute,
1: maybe I shouldn't be so trusting of this or that in these settings. That goes back to our home invasion episode. It goes back to some of like of the episodes where we talked about what actually does scare us, and we we go we, we turn to this point that there are agreed upon social contracts that most of us abide by, right? And then when you find someone who does not, they know how to see through. They find a mark, as Vinny would say, who is going. to... To let too much shit go.
3: Sure. Well, it, and it goes back to, to that. Um, your example of when I think you were hiking in the woods. Oh, and, and it <coughs> kind of clicked. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. If these people wanted to do something horrible, there's not much I could do in this setting. Like six to eight dudes canoe by. Yeah. And, like, and so it's like we yeah. respect those social con- constructs you're mentioning, but in the settings where you put yourself, if you get somebody that doesn't acknowledge him. How quickly things can be lethal. Go sideways. It's an interesting angle of this that I, I really respect, and I think maybe because it's not made here, they don't beat you over the head. Well, right you.
2: <laughs> they're making one right now. Oh, yeah! A I've got a note yep. on that. I
3: think yeah. I'll be
1: washing yeah. <laughs> my hair that day. Yeah, James <laughs> McAvoy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which is, oh. I mean, he's probably. I'm yeah. sure he's going to play Patrick Ugh. Blumhouse. And who? When they get, I thought. When they got taken out to the quarry, I thought, okay, they're just going to shoot them in this ditch and leave them or whatever. And then they just stone them to death, yeah. which is another layer that's just like,
1: wow, brutal. brutal. Death. It's tough. brutal. It's yeah. tough to watch. Hard to watch. The yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to your point, real quickly though. Like, you know, anytime I'm talking self defense with people, I'm like, listen, you don't have to be Mr. Tactical Sheepdog. You know, you don't need to have all your crazy self defense shit on you at all times. Just be aware of your situation and surroundings. And this is a prime example of so many times that they were just just ignored that thing inside of them that says, This probably isn't good.
2: And I fl- I think that flips it on its head for at least maybe for American audiences, is that usually here, socially it's the guy who's responsible for your protection who's supposed to be keeping an eye on things and bjorn is completely oblivious for the most part until it ramps up
1: yeah you just and upset. louise
2: is or uh yeah louise is the one who's like hey something is wrong what, yeah what what's going on here yeah we got to get the hell out of here yeah
1: for sure uh for those of you listening at home uh Vinny just got so upset he left the room yeah well he's a mess Actually, he has a cold, and he's having a coughing fit. He's
3: actually being respectful to
1: the listeners. So, uh, oh, he's back. Okay, good, good, good. Have you collected yourself? Yeah,
0: So weird were you, boner. Were you? Uh, <laughs> were you googling cuck?
1: <laughs> I didn't want
0: to cough into the air.
1: We told him you were so upset you left. Know, the episode. All right. Final thoughts for. Did we fully give the punctuation on the ending? I mean, they. Stole the daughter, killed the couple. Yep, and then, oh, and, then and then and
2: then they have the they have the daughter, and they're 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 grooming another couple.
1: Yeah, yeah, they go back to She's the. She's got her resort tongue cut off, and she see.
2: can't tell any tales. And
1: same resort. Here we go again.
2: again.
1: You got to expect that maybe the people who run that resort are in on the game a little bit too. At this point, you got to keep seeing them show up with a different kid every time. Yeah, yeah. You get, so you get some like hostile vibes.
2: I let my wife watch this movie, and I don't know why. But she was, like, hurt. at the end. She's shocked, but, like, she's, like, that's why our kids will never have a babysitter. That's not our parents. <laughs> and I was, like, that's
1: what you got from it? That, that's, your take- <laughs> that's your takeaway? <laughs> okay, Your well, final thoughts, Vinny? Uh,
0: so, there was definitely, did everybody else get the underlying tension through it?
2: Very much I now. didn't know
0: if I just got it because I was waiting on it because of the text that Abner had sent.
2: <laughs> so who had watched it up to that point? Because obviously I had. He's seen
0: it. You guys hadn't watched I it up had. to that point? Yeah. I had, that was all okay. news to me. So yeah. I was waiting the whole time for it. And it's a very dark ending. Uh, but I feel like they save all of that for the very end. So it's not like the whole movie is just like this marathon of rottenness. Uh I'm be honest. I had a harder time with the girl next door than I did this movie. Um, this movie is good, but it is not for everybody. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah it's a well-made movie.
1: I'll never watch it again. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> dead honest. honest. A dead set one hundred honest. <laughs> um, and
2: what, what was the conversation between you and your wife as soon as it ended? Were you
1: just like, yeah? Actually, I'm yeah, interested. Elaborate what, on that. What really troubled her. On this, what angle of it? <laughs> well, we both like most Americans. Just we we like some sort of redemption story. Yeah, a little yeah. resolution, little a little glimmer of hope. Um, and so, yeah, we watched it. And we're like, God damn, it's fine, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about it. You know, that <laughs> so it's kind of like along those lines.
2: And I think that's why I like it because you don't usually get that. At the end of uh, you know in the no, horror genre, you just don't what get used that. To. Yeah. So I think well, that. What's interesting
1: too. It, it's any, when we get it these days. It's usually European.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: You think of things like High Tension or Australian, New Zealand. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be that. It's going to be it's going to be your High Tension. It's going to be the Descent. It's going to be some of those movies um, that you know are pretty high marks. Um, and they're usually foreign films. Most American films are not bold enough to do that we're gonna talk about one here in just a second but uh yeah just most of them are and yeah. that's fine and, and and
2: it's got great reviews surprisingly like, sure i thought there'd be at least one person with your thoughts and be like this movie is good but i hate it yeah <laughs> yeah
1: and that's the thing too and like i mean i'm sitting at a table with guys who know that life's not perfect <laughs> you know and sometimes you do get unhappy endings yeah. but uh Vinny likes to always point out, I like to go to the cinema to escape the problems. also if I ever
2: owned a massage parlor. That's what I'd call it. Unhappy (laughs) ending. Unhappy (laughs) ending. No one asks those questions.
1: All right. Boy, speak no evil. Wish Kane would have been in this one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shall we move on?
2: I'm I'm, I'm betting that you definitely want to. (laughs)
3: Uh, we will move on to my pick, Summer of '84, released in 2018. This came from the same directing trio that also did Turbo Kid three years earlier. Uh, we're gonna—I'm gonna attempt to do the names here: Francois Simard, Anouk Wessel, and Yuan Carl Wessel. I may have butchered that. I'm reading my handwriting here. Uh, this is young cast core, mostly uh, with experience in TV work, which we will not go through. Uh, Rich Summer was actually in The Devil Wars Prada, Mad Men, um, and he's playing the main suspected villain. And then uh, the other n- name of note, Jason Gray Stanford, uh, he was in Monk. He has also played uh, some other notable things, but he's playing Davy's dad. Um, real quick before I jump into the plot, had anybody seen this movie yep. uh, ahead of time? So we
2: had Grizz had seen it. I had not. I had not. Okay. I had scrolled past it on Netflix, but had never, never watched it.
3: Yeah. So this or is, five,
2: um, I think,
3: kind of the easy angle is to assume that this is just Stranger Things cash in, um, which some of that is fair, but it's also really leaning into Stand By Me vibes and kind of coming of age with a group yes. of friends. Uh, so I just want to clarify that as, uh, before we jump into it. So we open the movie um, with a kind of introduction on a paper route. Um, With a young boy delivering papers through his neighborhood This is something that will play a part in the very end of the movie as well And kind of how we approach the beginning It was at Ipswich, Oregon, Uh, Cape May In 1984, where uh, we have uh, teenage boys that have disappeared I think a total of 13 over the last decade But they have not been connected Uh, Four young friends are our main core cast And Davey Armstrong Dale Woody Woodsworth and Tommy Eats Easton Eaton and Curtis Faraday and so we kind of do the traditional setup and um, we show kind of the journey that we have these young guys coming of age together. They've got their treehouse where they're taking shots, trying uh, liquor out there. They're talking about girls um, and. Also we've got the crush On the former babysitter Nikki, Which will play a part in the movie as we go along um, Davey is our main character um, He is Very curious With different topics Conspiracy kind of based Aliens um, He's got all of
1: his weekly world news yep. <laughs> Articles
3: tacked up on the wall Demons And he's also grown interested in All of the missing kids over the last number of years And we kind of really work the first act not only as we watch the four friends navigate youth in their treehouse and and all of the things that make those kind of movies entertaining, but we also begin to suspect uh, that the neighbor, uh, Wayne Mackey, who is a cop, is responsible for these missing children. And so they really start to ramp this up early on in the movie, and I want to give a shout-out to kind of respecting the intelligence of the audience because they don't go exhausted with the details on it. They kind of just go beat for beat quick with this, and they jump into it where the kid on the milk box is one that he is convinced is, that he saw at Mackey's Place uh, recently. And then we also play in uh, the babysitter that I mentioned, the former babysitter, Nikki, um, who is moving soon, and she is starting to warm up to Davy. And so you kind of have the groundwork laid for that classic coming-of-age story, but also against the backdrop of the always enticing scenario of a local <laughs> serial killer in the area that's kind of making the environment very entertaining. Uh, thoughts on the
1: setup? Big Burbs vibes. Mm. Ooh, yes. Okay. Big Burbs vibes.
2: Absolutely. Oh, I like. The, I get the Stranger Things the link that you're giving, but that that music i love the synth music and it, it has a real 80s vibe which is great because obviously it's summer 84 better so i thought it hit a lot of a lot of high marks things that i, that I really enjoy in movies in general
1: this one is as professor pointed out is going to unfairly get labeled nostalgia porn you know what i mean and sure. and i really appreciate that vinny has made the point of like hey what was popular when you were a kid? Movies set in the 50s and 60s. When did your parents grow up? The 50s and 60s. Yep. It's just going to be a natural progression. You know, we already had that 70s show for the, the older Gen Xers and stuff like that, you know, throwing back to 70s. It's going to be the age of where stuff is going to take place in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, is it a is it a cash in? Not exactly. It's just those producers and writers telling their stories now from that are going to be reflected from their childhood.
0: I think it, uh, also because of the stand by me vibes and the stranger things vibes, uh, it disarms you a little bit as well. I agree. Yeah. You think this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. You think you got this movie pinned within 20
1: minutes. Yes. Good points. Good points. Uh,
3: Okay, so as we kind of enter the second act and we kind of have the groundwork laid for this, uh, we really start to build a case as to why the neighbor uh, potentially is our serial killer. Um, We've got them, and I want to point out, I think what makes this movie kind of elevate past the usual is it's, it's really good at balancing still maintaining the coming of age and... What we think is occurring I think frequently with these movies We do the coming of age part And then we move strictly into 90 miles an hour And then it's all that Whereas this, I think we go back and forth a lot With these kids being kids But also paying attention To what they're noticing Um, Eventually we get into them Following uh, Mackie to a storage unit um, Where we are seeing A second car that he's got As well as uh, chemicals Uh, that could be used in the uh, murderous uh, events that he may be involved in. Uh, We found a bloody shirt in his storage shed, and we constantly are seeing him with bags of dirt and tools that we assume is for burying bodies. Um, Kind of the turning point of the movie, in a lot of ways, is they take this information and relay it to Davy's parents, who then immediately march him over to Mackie's house, which is almost a cliche with these types of movies where you kind of sit there and it's just painful to watch because they go over and apologize to Mackie for the disruption that these children have caused immediately putting it on his radar. And assuming he is our serial killer, you're like, Oh my God, we're serving these children up on a silver platter right here. Um, but I think where the movie starts to enter, uh, I would be so bold to say special territory is how they approach the suspense scenes and I think that this really kicks into a different gear when after that visit Mackie pays a visit to Davy's house and the whole kind of set piece sequence for him answering the door and then trying to work having Mackie call the phone because he's convinced that this kid went missing but Mackie is saying no 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 that's my nephew. My nephew's fine. I can call him for you. And so he brings him a long cordless phone, heavily leaning into the time, 1984. No cell phones. And he, and he brings us around. Uh, but at the same time, we go on to figure out that he's just called his own phone number. It's all bullshit. And that's when it's like, okay, the audience is informed now. Okay, any suspicions we had, this guy's the real deal. Uh, thoughts on that sequence, did that grab anybody else?
1: Because that follows the sequence where he catches the killer, doesn't it? Or is this before? It's a, he, yeah. Is this after,
2: he's, after they're taken over to the house to apologize later on. He, yeah. he catches It's right the around killer. that same yeah. Okay, so the they're family. all in the
1: same kind of match. So now
2: he's maybe. a hero in the community. Yeah.
1: It's right after that. Because, yeah, the kid still doesn't buy it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they're like, oh, he catches the killer and he's still like, hey, who's this kid? That's my nephew. Oh,
2: okay. It has some great coming of uh, age phrases, such as uh, "I gotta beat off before my parents get home," or "bank it and spank it and butt fucking wookies." <laughs> I'd forgotten about the
0: last one. And not, so not, and not only do you, have, you know you have these these kid adventures, uh, innocent enough, and then you've got uh, it was a Davy is getting involved with his old babysitter. Like there's all right of these on. things. That are to completely again disarming you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For what you're about to witness,
1: and we get a fun like timeline, uh, uh, this investigation montage. You know, of them investigating Mackie earlier in the film, and you know before they present their findings, like you know, it's like uh, like an old eighties movie where yeah, you it's get, like the monster squad. Yeah. You know? d- uh, all right, leaves his place at this time, <laughs> takes his trash out this time. You know, like yeah. They so,
2: steal his National Geographic's.
1: <laughs>
3: oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Which uh, before the internet, valuable resource. Free. As I think
2: he says what free porn, bro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and even before, I, I kind of skipped over it. It's a it's a really fun sequence where before they go to the parents, uh, the kids are talking together about the chemicals and Noah. And they kind of work that out with the, with writing it down that uh, we've got sodium hydroxide. It's not Noah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think is really well done. They don't try and get too cute with it. Um, but, yeah, so immediately after that great sequence with him coming over to, uh, as, as he's telling Davey that he, he's there to just make sure they're okay, and we go through the great suspense of, of the fake phone call, then immediately the next day he's on the news for Catching the Killer. And of course, our main character is not buying it. It's like this guy's a killer. He called a he called his own phone number. His that was not his nephew. Something's wrong. And so, um, at that point, they kind of really jump into the turning the real turning point of the movie, where they've got uh, a lookout at the uh, festival in the mm-hmm. town, so that they can keep an eye on Mackie while the others break into his home. And in the home. Uh, They discover um, a secret childhood recreation uh, of his bedroom. In there, they find a corpse and also a recent abductee who we had seen earlier in the movie who's out late at night. He takes him. Um, And this is all being videotaped on Davy's father's camera who works for a news station. And so they've got footage of this. Um, And on the way out, they also notice a picture wall. Which also ties directly into our last film, which is kind of the, uh, to be perfectly honest, exhausted uh, collection of photos of victims. Uh, He's got pictures all over the wall of these different families of people he has taken these kids from. And Davey's one of them. So Davey knows. I'm a deep shit. Uh, They go to the cops with this footage uh, who immediately...
1: And a living victim, right? Yeah, the recent
3: abductee. Right. And they, they take the footage to the police who immediately go out after Mackie, who is on the loose. So then we settle in uh, for the evening with Davey and his friend who are staying. Uh, He's staying over with him that night, and we come to find out. Mackie, when he went on the loose, went into the attic. And there is a great sequence with that ladder folding down. Because I'll be honest, the first time I watched this, I didn't connect that he had been there ahead of time. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is a little... We're, we're kind of jumping the shark here, but uh, with with this viewing, it kind of clicked. Okay, he was getting ahead of that. Um, so, now I will say, there I do have one problem with the movie, and it's about to be right here. Uh, Mackie comes down, and it's very scary. They do it really well in the movie when he enters the room. You know it's coming, and it's still spooky as shit when he enters. Uh, but I, I wonder how we get the bodies of two lifeless young men. Out of the house, not making enough sound to wake Especially up. Especially like on the one kid's good sized.
2: Yeah, he's a bigger boy. He's seasoned. He's been doing this. Yeah. A while.
3: So we'll suspend <laughs> uh, the disbelief here, uh, and we wake up in the back seat of the car in the woods, um, which has got Mackie out there, evidently uh, screwing with them for fun instead of just killing them. Um, and they flee out of the car after he's done the classic jump scare up at the one window on one side. Uh, they stumble upon the kind of burial ground that he's got set up there. Um, and this is where the movie changes. This is where Woody, yeah, does.
2: Mm-hmm. Woody
3: the friend, gets his throat slit. And you're watching that and going,
1: holy ah. shit, they just did that. And then, and he's such a sympathetic character. He's the bigger kid. He's got the alcoholic mom, and you're like, nah,
0: not him, man. And the mom who says to him drunkenly, "You're so good." Yeah, yeah. It's like (laughs) my jaw just dropped.
1: Now, when in 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 the second viewing, my wife goes, "Oh God, damn it! I forgot." That's yeah. That's (laughs) what. uh." And that. In
3: my opinion is why you don't forget this movie Yeah Yeah, I'll agree Yeah, Um, And then we have a really Great interaction With Davey After his friend has had his throat slit And Mackie's got him And he says oh no 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 no. I'm not going to kill you I'm going to let you worry about me I'm going to let you look over your shoulder forever Um, So Thoughts on the change of Tone and events here from everybody On this I'm curious what
0: totally
2: you totally unexpected. Just, yeah, yeah, I loved, I loved that that him when he was in his face and said, you know, killing you is not good enough. Uh, that I, that would put my put a McRib stamp right on the movie <laughs> right there. That's where I was like, that's that was great. I like that they tied into that the kids are playing the game Manhunt throughout the throughout the entire movie. That's a good point. And then they go to that island and he's like, we're going to play Manhunt for real, and then cuts that guy's throat
0: yeah yeah Look, totally unexpected. too real dog totally unexpected yeah. like and, and a complete tonal shift in an instant
1: yeah it was funny because i remember remembering this movie but i didn't remember that ending and uh carrie's cousin gave it to us on blu-ray and i was like oh sweet summer of 84 she's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh yeah i remember really liking this one and we got to that end i was like that's why I kind of blocked part of this out of my <laughs>
3: I'm glad you phrased it that way because I want to point out uh, when discussing this movie and for listeners, I think the reason that happens is how we get there is so good that this doesn't spoil that. It's seamless, yeah. I think the suspense and the coming-of-age angles of this are so well done, especially for an independent movie, that the bummer ending doesn't spoil the movie for you. Like, to where you can go back and watch it. It's not ideal, but this, like the last movie, I want to point out, and I say this because I didn't want to say it twice, we need storytelling like this. Because if there's not any honesty in storytelling, why do we watch movies? If we know it's going to be perfect and happy every single time, it's not as entertaining. And so when we know that there's something at stake because people have the nuts enough to take a sympathetic character and slit his throat for you at the end after all this build up I do think that in the greater scheme of things for movie watching that's important especially in this day and age where there's less and less of that and so I just I wanted to make sure we covered this movie at some point because I thought it was um, exceptionally well done with the coming of age and suspense for for an independent movie and Turbo Kid was a blast. Oh, yeah. Oh, this love Turbo trio Kid. needs more attention. Give them more money. Let them keep making movies. But I'll, I'll just wrap it up real quick. Uh, we book in the movie in a mirrored approach with the paper route again. Uh, this time, the tree house is being thrown out, which I hadn't picked up on the first time I watched this. That's what they're shoveling out to the curb with the brother. Oh. The tree house is done. Childhood is different. They're not making eye contact old friends are not looking at each Man other manhunt
2: is canceled yeah yeah to uh, further notice
3: nikki is leaving with her family as she waves goodbye and now the paper has mackie still on the loose and i just i love that they had the nuts to not give you the ending they wanted that you wanted
1: one other thing i'll say too the what's the actor that played mackie rich sommer
2: yep.
1: i mean he's in mad men he's in glow and, like, he's always, well, like, he's always, like, a likable He's kind the of, shitty
2: husband in Glow. Like yeah, yeah he's that. not likable at that point. Yeah, right.
1: But in Mad Men, he's one of the only likable characters in Mad Men. But it's, like, he's just kind of a, a timid, kind of laid-back kind of guy. And, like, and he plays that in this. And then you're, like, oh, he's got some chops.
2: Yeah. Yeah, when I saw him, I was, like, I didn't... You I, And I think that's part of disarming the audience in the first place. <laughs> oh, he's probably not the killer. Like, yeah. This is a red herring.
1: He's very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah yeah I'm glad you picked it because I I was hoping we'd cover it on the show at some point yeah I'd
2: recommend it too for sure yeah I ordered it shortly after I watched it because I didn't have a copy of it so nice yeah and to
3: clarify the first time I watched this about 10 minutes in like we've kind of referenced I thought I had it all figured out and I was like oh heavy sense score four kids riding bikes around the neighborhood this is clearly you know just cashing in on that but this is so much more than that this is really good independent filmmaking um and I can remember, even with the depressing ending, I walked out on a high. Yeah. Because it was the suspense was so effective in this, and it's one of those movies where I, I did notes afterwards. But even on this repeat viewing, I didn't write down a lot because I was just so focused on watching. It's just entertaining from start to finish. So yeah, the, I recommend this to anybody, even the casual viewer. Yeah, absolutely. for sure, for sure. Awesome. Glad it, glad it was
1: enjoyed. Yeah, I loved it. Alright, round and third and heading home Looking at the Venomous Vinny Well folks,
0: I went a different direction (laughs) But a good one (laughs) I chose Matinee From 1993 Starring John Goodman uh, Kathy Moriarty uh, Robert Picardo Who you may know from The Howling Or some may know know from Star Trek Voyager (laughs) As the Doctor. Never heard of it. Every (laughs)
1: time
2: we do a Joe Dante movie, this is going to happen. You (laughs) better
0: not
1: leave Dick Miller off of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Dick Miller. That guy, Dick Miller. Uh, This movie is not a horror movie. It's horror adjacent, so I think it's safe to put in. Sorry folks, I'm coming off of a cold. Goodness (laughs) me. He just spit out, in my you? mouth. We'll wipe that flim off. That thing. <laughs> and we're in an
1: eight by eight yeah. room recording this together.
0: Lord have mercy.
2: Okay, okay. John Let's Goodman. What other movies has he been in? I'll just yeah. steal your line. <laughs> you know,
1: it's so fun with Dick Miller popping up. And you're right, just the, the Joe Dante connections for a lot of the actors in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, matinee.
0: Yeah.
1: You got that venom now.
0: I'm hoping. I, this is
2: the first time I've seen this movie, and I, I enjoyed it. Oh uh, yeah! Wow. Yeah, I've never seen no no. You didn't, I, this see, nope, nope.
0: Yeah.
3: You didn't have I, this as part of a thirty pack.
2: I did not. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie that's in there with no other bangers
1: on it or whatever was. Are you talking about the one I said yeah, with I, uh, with Ghost Dad and Ed? Yes. Uh, you better not. You better put some respect on the name of the wizard that's in that pack. I've
2: never seen that.
1: So is King Ralph.
2: Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. That's, I wouldn't call that a banger, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going
1: to say, we have not seen <laughs> a like, banger Name yet. Name <laughs>
2: some banger movies King Ralph. No one's ever said
1: that. <laughs> but definitely The Wizard. I mean, The Wizard slaps. Never seen it. Really? Yeah. Have you seen The Wizard? Yes. Okay. Good time. Okay. All right. We've got one banger. <laughs> is that the pinball movie? Uh, no, uh, it is a video game movie, though. It's okay. where they actually debuted Super Mario Brothers 3.
0: It's got Nerd. Kevin Arnold in it, isn't it? Fred Savage? And future yeah. musician Jenny Lewis. Yep. <laughs> so Matinee. All right. <laughs> I've I've I'm I've caught my breath now. Uh Matinee takes place in nineteen sixty two during the Cuban Missile Crisis in Florida. And it's another one of these kind of a coming of age tale of, of a certain era. Uh, You've got this group of friends. Uh, You're the main kid, Gene. He is the son of... Is he a naval or air force officer? I think air force. And they've recently moved to the area they live on base. Uh, So, filmmaker, Lawrence Woolsey, rolls into town. Very much a William Castle character. Does a lot of these gimmicky, schlocky movies.
1: As Buff said on my post, it's a love letter to William Castle. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, Lawrence Woolsey rules in the town to show his movie Mant. Half-Man. half ant, half And he's, he's a kind of down on his luck, kind of a, a shyster, you know, almost a snake oil salesman, uh, very P.T. Barnum. Every gimmick there is Is for this movie He's got paid actors Dick Miller Out on the street Protesting protesting against it To create buzz for it Um So you've got this Underlying thing With the Cuban Missile Crisis And Uh People Facing down that anxiety Of Of The end of days Uh, You don't really know What's gonna happen I think we can all relate To that a bit more Maybe now After living through a pandemic Very true (laughs) You mean planned, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and uh oh, <laughs> So you've got that end of it, and then you've got this, also, this whimsy of nostalgia of what it was like to go to the movies during that era of the late 50s, early 60s. I had seen this movie. I've probably only seen this movie within the last decade. It was the first time I'd seen it. Um, and, of course, I'm a big... Fan of Atomic Age cinema and those giant radio. This is a very Benny
2: centric movie. It has its on brand. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh,
0: But when I saw it, I just really liked it. And then I've kind of been holding off for at least a couple years on picking it because whatever subjects we had chosen that was falling during the summer months didn't line up. But I knew I wanted to pick it for a summer movie. It's just got such a summer vibe to
1: it. I always watch this in the summer. It's probably
0: my third or fourth viewing.
1: I really enjoy this film, and as we said, I've got it on a family 30-pack DVD choice.
0: I don't think there's a lot of conversation to have with it, just because it's not like a a super deep plot or anything like that. But like uh, things that I picked up on that I probably didn't pick up on the first time I watched it was how the older boyfriend of the younger girl... Uh the delinquent's name is Starkweather. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That jumped out this time. Oh. Yeah. I didn't I paid no attention to that the last time. The same, same time he it. popped
1: up. I was like oh there's poor
0: man's John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the character's last name is Starkweather. Um referenced quite often on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can't get away from the guy.
1: <laughs> That's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> I'll just throw a few highlights since we're not really going to go beat for beat. I just, I liked uh, when they're having the, the missile drill, um, you know, they go out in the hallway to cover it's it. That's what I think batonics. of every time when I think of this movie. And there's the one girl protesting. She's like, this is stupid. It won't even work. And the guy's buddy goes, she must be a communist. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, actually, she's correct. Yeah. Did, didn't she <laughs> play the oldest daughter in Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's because I, I kept thinking, where do I know her from? I and Independence it. Day.
1: Mm-hmm. Wanna, uh, yeah, yeah. Seen, She's a, I've seen a, seen a hero's daughter on Earth,
0: bitch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, um,
2: Lisa uh, Lisa Jacob, I believe, is her yes, name. Yes, yeah. that is her name.
0: I really liked how well Mant was done. Yeah, like they could have phoned that in a lot more than they did. They spent a lot of time on that effect. You could have totally gotten away with that looking. Way cheesier than it actually does. Sure. They really spent some time developing that makeup for those scenes. And Mant itself on the Blu ray is on there. I think it's like a 20 mm. minute. Yep, you get the 20 minute. Yeah, oh, wow. 20 minutes of that movie. Um, oh, wow.
3: An interesting angle of this is Joe Dante never seeks recognition, but he is one of the ultimate monster kids. He is a complete ambassador for that whole era.
0: Um, I think he said that all of Gene's magazines in his room were his other election I'm not
3: surprised he he really taps into what makes me kind of lovingly look back at my dad's era and where you had William Castle making these fun theatrical experiences and this is the closest you're ever going to get to putting something on film about that it's not directly saying it's him but it's a leaning into clearly what he did, and for listeners who don't know, we we've done the Tingler on this show at, mm-hmm. at one point. Um, but th- with that, they had the the seat buzzers that would shock only so many people, so that it would keep people on edge. Uh, House of the ha- House on Haunted Hill had skeletons that would come flying down on pulleys through the theater. Uh, he was a showman, and this really leans into that without using his name, but it's clearly William about Castle. William Castle. Yeah. And at the same time it takes this moment in time and so for somebody like me, this movie is really entertaining because it kind of intersects so many things that I find enjoyable in movies. That whole era of filmmaking, uh, being a monster kid, but also history
1: mm-hmm. and,
3: and the angles of what, you know, kids used to go through at that moment in time when the fear was, you know, like with the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, you can talk to your parents. Most of our parents went through the drills where they would get under their, under their desk. Oh, yeah. And I can even remember at a younger age hearing about that and going, what the hell
0: would that do? <laughs> and so that's I re- how I felt during tornado drills when they had us doing yeah. this. Yeah, we had
2: earthquake drills in, in elementary school. It's like, get under your desk. Well, that's not going to stop this giant beam from crushing me, but thank you.
3: Right. And so it really kind of has a lot of different things going for it, and all with the stamp. The kind of auteur love with Joe Dante That is in the fabric of this movie And so it's like Even if you don't find some of those things interesting It's an entertaining movie Just simply because of who's making it mm-hmm. um, it, it really leans heavily into that stuff and
0: This movie did not do well commercially
3: Yeah
0: uh, Joe Dante said that originally They were supposed to have an, other investors And Universal fronted them some money well, then the people who were supposed to come in with the money flaked and didn't. So Universal had a choice. Do you just go ahead and bankroll the rest of it, and now it's your movie, and you put it out, or you just eat the money you put up front? So they make the movie. Dante said, my idea for this movie was more of like a Miramax movie, where you open it in a few theaters here, a few theaters there, eventually word of mouth comes around, Build and it buzz. generates its, its own buzz and success. Whereas Universal was still very much in that old model of giant opening weekend. And then, of course, when it doesn't perform well, that giant opening weekend, then your distribution suffers, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of what this was a victim of.
2: Yeah. I enjoyed the little humor here and there, like when Woolsey gets, (laughs) the kid asks for his autograph, like he recognizes him, and then he realizes he thinks he's Alfred Hitchcock, (laughs) (laughs) which was great. Yeah, was great. Or even in Mant when he's when the, the dentist is like, I know you're an ant, but you didn't have a single cavity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really like the part where the kid's ask him about why he's making movies, etc. and he tells that story about uh, woolly mammoth cave art and like killing the woolly mammoth. They do
0: mammoth. that animation spot. Yeah, they do yeah. that
1: little animation spot on the wall. He's like, congratulations, this is your first movie. You know what I mean? like You went out and you killed a woolly mammoth, but you want to tell your friends about it. And if you want to tell your friends about it, you're going to make some art on the wall. That way it stands out because you have done something big here. And I was like, that is movie magic.
2: <laughs> I do like how they capture those <laughs> movies of that era, explained everything. They just, they, you know, they didn't just let you try to figure it out. They yeah. like told you exactly what was going on.
1: And you know what's going to happen next. <laughs> um, I also like too because I uh, just listened to a big series on Davy Crockett and, um, when they go to the movie that day... his That's little a
0: sentence no one's ever said. Not since 1953. <laughs> Leave it to the mystical hillbilly.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I just finished a four-part podcast with <laughs> Davy Crockett. But um, when they go to the movie theater, his little brother, he's got his cowboy hat and his chaps, and he's wearing a Davy Crockett shirt, and it's reflective of uh, the Fess Parker films that they did with Disney mm-hmm. and just how it was like, I think those came out in the 50s But then they brought them back in the 60s And like it, through the 70s Like they just kept bringing And everyone, that's how everyone came to love Davy Crockett And there's so much merchandise from that era Of all this Davy Crockett stuff And it's just fun that it pops up to this What's run- next
2: on your podcast agenda Agenda? Johnny Appleseed or what
1: <laughs> Fort Wayne, Indiana Put some respect on his name please uh, John Chapman Um uh,
0: great, great grandfather of dog Chapman. Dog. <laughs> 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 Professor's uh,
1: having a moment over here. i got, I got getting, uh, <laughs> surprise ads. He's a, he's over here watching Fess Parker movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i got a question for you. How quickly after the fallout do you go straight to humping?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Minutes. <laughs> well, we
2: start well we're the last
0: ones. We better get it on right now. Where was that? movie theater guy who has that bomb shelter built that the kids get trapped in uh how was he planning on changing the water on that goldfish for all of his time
1: (laughs) uh Vinny he is harvesting that goldfish for food (laughs) um yeah so just building on that william castle bit uh for, for maybe folks listening who don't know It's just all these things that you add into the film As Professor brought up with the tingler But in this movie they use the seat buzz They got sparks happening There's a rumbling in the theater There's smoke And the, someone comes out in a bug costume And so these are things that people used to do yeah. In theaters back in the day to, to make it
0: 4D And
2: I wish there was more of that honestly. I know, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah And, and
0: it, I think it was also a direct result Of uh, competing with television to get people to get out of their houses and actually go to theaters there was a bit um when independence day came out
1: there used to be a theater in richmond called the danbury theater and i remember going to see the premiere of independence day and they had hired people to stand in the lobby um like sci-fi cosplayers but i mean we say cosplay but this was 1994 right so cosplay wasn't a big thing so you had people like in you had a guy dresses like a space marine from Aliens, you, you know, these guys with just these big futuristic guns, and even though that had nothing to do with Independence Day, as a 12-year-old kid, it was amazing. And they weren't even like in the theater, like in the movie while you were watching it, they were just in the lobby, and it was just a Was that a year. better
2: experience than getting hit in the back of the head with a hot dog at Rocky Horror Pictures? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I... Some of it, as you said there could stand to be a little more of this kind of stuff around oh
2: absolutely there. I wish there was a ton you know I love, like I said I've never seen this movie before and it, it really kind of like oh it's that's, that's nice I like that you know maybe made me feel good inside
1: it's just a modern tie in but think about you know this Barbie movie that just came out and some of the bigger theaters oh, got like Barbie it. boxes like packages mm-hmm. how many people have you seen taking pictures with that yeah. like And, like, even today, there were these people all dressed in pink when we were going to see the horror movie. They were there to see Barbie, and all they could take a picture with was the movie poster outside. Uh, I mean, think about the the buzz, the excitement. You know what I mean? Like, if you could do anything with some of these things.
2: I just saw two days ago someone on Facebook Marketplace selling one of those boxes because they stole it from the theater uh, for
1: $300. (laughs) (laughs) Who's got a house big enough to live for it? Oh, that's great. That's great. Anywho, you, he
2: mentioned the Barbie movie and Plandemic in the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh,
1: a David Crockett podcast. Series. Long
0: story short, I recommend this movie. This is a fun movie. Uh, again, it's one that I spend in the summer. It's a per- to me, it's a perfect summer movie, and you can watch this with the kids. I mean, yeah. this is it's fun, playful, and it's it's a good time. And of course, John Goodman's really good in this movie he is i love wrapping up at the end <laughs> and uh
1: and when they're just mesmerized with everything he's done because he, he drops the bomb in the movie and they all think the bomb has fallen for real yeah uh and that's how they get to the shelter et cetera, et cetera. but uh i love when like they're just walking away and they're just all astounded and and john goodman looks at the kid and he goes you think grown-ups know what they're doing they're just making it up as they go along like you are. Ain't that the truth? It It's very really true. It's really like, a
3: heartbreaking reality, usually discovered somewhere in your mid to late 20s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy
1: shit, nobody knows what they're no doing. No one has any idea. The so, only
0: thing I'm upset about is we don't get Galligator. Exactly. <laughs> they're
1: still time. Alligator would be great. A female alligator person who smashes pumpkins.
0: Galligator. Oh, God. You get it? Yeah. Able. <laughs>
1: Smashes watermelons, my bad.
0: Can we, can we get out of here now? Are we done?
1: <laughs> Let's land the plane here! He's like, I don't
0: have enough references in here, I gotta get a Gallagher.
3: <laughs> when we mention Gallagher, it's time to wipe down the bar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Closing time. <laughs> Alright, wrapping up another edition of the Midwest Monsters Podcast, doing the Monster Mash, I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by...
2: Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Jason McRib McCullough. Stay scary.